Well, it's uh, great that uh, Stormont is back to work after some two years, and they have a lot of issues to deal with, and one of them, of course, one of the biggest is the NHS and the state of our health system. It's in crisis for many reasons, uh, lack of staff, so many people, people are living longer, and therefore there are more age-related problems that come with that. People need more medical care. So uh, there's a lot of challenge facing a health service. How do we cope with this? And of course, the effects of COVID and all these things. And of course, then there's a whole pace system and wanting increases and all these issues. So the need for more doctors, nurses, and money. I wonder, do we think if Jesus were here, he could sort a lot of these things out? He would make a difference. What do you think? Here in John chapter 5, we see Jesus healing one man among many who are there in, around the pool in Bethsaida. I want to think about this passage or the first part of it just for a few minutes this morning. First of all, the, the reality of sickness and suffering and sin. Think about the world at large. Despite the advances we have made uh, in so many areas, communications, even medicine, we still live in a world full of sickness and sin and suffering, just as in Jesus' day. Many things have changed, but those things have not changed. And uh, one of the truths these verses highlight is that Jesus knows about all these things, our sickness, our suffering, our sorrows, and of course, our sin. Look there at verse 3, and these colonnades lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? Here's this man, one among many who are there. He's been there 38 years. Imagine that. Imagine 38 years in hospital waiting for treatment or at home, waiting for an appointment, waiting to see a consultant, waiting for an operation. Perhaps you've been waiting for some procedure for a while. You're on the waiting list. And it's moving very slowly. Well, Jesus knows. And Jesus cares. He knew about these patients in general and this man in particular. And so, seeing him lying there, knowing his condition, knowing he's been there 30 years, he asked the question Do you want to be healed? It seems rather a foolish question. Who wouldn't want to be healed? But Jesus approached this man and asked him this question. Do you want to be healed? And yet sometimes we hear of people who are reluctant to go to the doctor. They have a condition, injury, but they don't want to go. Maybe they don't like doctors. They don't like dentists. I don't know. Maybe they're fearful 
of the doctor discovering something serious, and sometimes the unknown is better, it seems. Of course, some people are hypochondriacs and go when there's very little wrong with them. Maybe they like the attention. But let's think about this question, this man's response. Do you want to be healed? Jesus asked. What's his response? Jesus replied, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I'm going, another steps down before me. It seems this pool had healing properties when the water was stirred. The first one in was healed, but he was never the first one in. And he doesn't actually say, yes, I want to be healed in so many words. He says, well, when I try to get to the pool to be healed, someone gets in before me. The focus was on what he was trying to do. And he wasn't able to do. He had no one to help him. Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. He wasn't able to get there himself. He wasn't, didn't have anybody to help him into the pool for the healing that he sought. And so what does Jesus do? Well, Jesus speaks. Get up. Take your bed and walk. And then a miracle occurs. And immediately... At once the man was healed, he took up his bed, and he walked. There was no indication this man has faith. And yet, God heals him. How often have you been blessed by God? And you're not a believer. But God has blessed you in so many ways. Maybe you've been ill and healed. You've been unemployed and got a job. And many, many other things. But you were reminded of the power of Jesus even in his words. He said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once, the man was healed, took up his bed and walked. Reminded the power of Jesus' words because Jesus is God. And just as when God speaks and things happen, so too when Jesus speaks. We surely are thought, think back to Genesis chapter 1. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God speaks it and it comes into being. Or the prophet Isaiah in chapter 55. Now read as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not turn to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent. And then look at verse 14. Jesus found the man in the temple 
We discover the man didn't even know who Jesus was when the Pharisees asked him, who healed you? I don't know. Some man, he went away and I can't see him now. So Jesus met up with him again and said, sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. This is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I am working. Jesus was showing his power and who he was in his healing of this man. But he just healed that one man then. He didn't heal all the others. The fact is, we still live in a world full of sickness and sorrow and, of course, sin. And Jesus does heal, but ultimately, there won't be an end to sickness and sin and suffering until Jesus returns, until He brings in the new heavens and the new earth. And surely these things remind us that that is still to come. And even as believers are sick, it reminds us that the best is yet to be in heaven with him. I remember an aunt of mine in her latter days wanted to die, wanted to be at home with the Lord. But this world wasn't providing what she truly wanted. And sometimes sickness reminds us there's something better, and it's to be with Christ. Then we need to ask, what is Jesus' job, Jesus' work that he refers to there? My father is working until now, and I am working. John tells us this healing took place on the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath, I'm sure you know, is uh, the Jewish Sunday, but it's Friday sundown till Saturday sundown. That's the Jewish Sabbath from evening to evening. And this healing provoked anger among the Jewish religious leaders, because this healing was doing work on the Sabbath, and that broke the laws. You're not to work on the Sabbath. He took up his bed. You don't do that on the Sabbath. And that provoked them into wanting to get rid of Jesus, because he was breaking the Sabbath laws as they saw them, man-made laws. And of course, in what he did and what he said, he was claiming to be God. This is why the Jews were seeking all the word to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. But what sort of men were these Pharisees that even they were complaining? They didn't care the man was healed, just he broke their Sabbath laws. Well, Jesus makes clear that he is doing the work he was sent to do. For that, in the Jewish religious leaders' eyes, meant breaking the Sabbath laws about work or showing that he was God and was equal with God. Why did he come? What was Jesus' job? To fulfill the Old Testament. He tells us that everywhere, elsewhere. He had come to keep the law. I suppose in several ways. But we have broken it as sinners. He kept it. This is my beloved son. With him I'm well pleased. 
but also to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies. In Isaiah chapter 35, we read this. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute, mute tongue shout for joy. In Matthew chapter 11, John the Baptist is in prison. And he begins to wonder, is Jesus really the Messiah? And so he sends word to Jesus, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And in John 11, Jesus tells John's disciples, go and tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. And the dead are raised up. And the poor of the good news preached to them. And blessed are happy is the one who's not offended by me. In other words, it's what John shows here, what he did, as well as what he said, pointed to the fact he was the Messiah. In the Gospel of John, John uses the word sign more often than miracle. This is a sign, a pointer to who he is and why he has come. This sign enraged the Jewish leaders and provoked their jealousy and, of course, their eventual putting of him to death. I'm sure you know the saying that your health is your wealth. Is that true? Uh, I looked up some statistics, and uh, apparently last year there were some 1,600 road deaths in the UK. But there were far more suicides, nearly 5,000. And that was down in other years. And apparently in America last year, do you know how many people took their own lives? Over 50,000. Why? Well, because health and wealth ultimately don't provide true happiness or lasting happiness. There's more. There's an alert sickness that needs sorted. And that's our sin. Now, of course, even we know of believers who have taken their own lives, sadly. There's mental illness as well as physical. But there's something greater that we need sorted out, and that's our sin. It's great to be healthy, but it doesn't sort out our sin. And the sin that separates us from God. And isn't that why Jesus came? To deliver us from ourselves and from our sin, the thing that separates. The thing that is the cause of all the sickness and the sorrows and the death and diseases and tragedies. We became alienated from God when Adam sinned at the fall. And it separates us from ultimate and true and lasting blessing or happiness. Now we read in John 3, God so loved the world. This man in the temple that day, you hear this morning, that he sent his one and his only son so that whosoever believes upon him might not die, but have eternal life. 
He's the one who can do what we cannot do. If he cannot bring God the obedience that he demands and requires, and we must pay the penalty through death and eternal punishment. But Jesus came and brought that obedience and paid the penalty. So if we trust him, his obedience is put to our account and our sin to his. We're accepted for him. This is the great gospel message. And note too that Jesus' very words can do the thing that the man couldn't do for himself, bring healing. Jesus just spoke, get up and walk. And in his very words, the man was able to do what he couldn't do of himself. He was able to get up and walk. It's like when Jesus spoke to Lazarus, who was dead in the grave in the tomb. And as far as I know, dead men don't walk. Dead women don't hear. Dead people do nothing. But Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. And his very words brought Lazarus to life. Not only to life so he could hear Jesus' words, but so he could respond in the affirmative and come out and live. And this is the power of the gospel. Paul says it's like dynamite. When God speaks, when God works by a spirit, people are changed. It's not the minister who saves people. It's not the missionary. It's the power of God and drawing people to himself. Jesus said in Luke chapter 5, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Only the sick need a doctor. Only the sinful need a deliverer or a savior. Pharisees were more concerned about rule breaking and their view of rule breaking than what God wanted. They were those who followed a man-made religion. Jesus was concerned with our separation from himself. We need to come into a right and a living relationship with him through faith in what he has done for us as our Savior. And so in John 17, in this high priestly prayer, he prays to his Father, Father, I have glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work you gave me to do. Not work as a shepherd calling sheep into a sheepfold. Not work as he who is the one who is the true vine bringing people into a living relationship with himself and his father. Not work as the, the door doing the access to God through which we must pass. That work as he is the only way, the truth, and the life. He came to do those things, and he's done them. 
invites us to follow in his footsteps and point others to the Savior. Here's the question Jesus asked the man. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed of your sin? Do you want to be in a right relationship with God? Do you want to know true, lasting happiness, even amidst the sorrows and heartaches and disappointments of this life? Do you want to know His help? His presence, His comfort, His kindness? Do you want to know Him as your Father? Knowing He truly does love you. Though sometimes He says no, it's because He cares and He knows best. Or you're still like a man trying to heal yourself, trying to get to the water yourself, and it'll never work. You're still making excuses. May Christ have mercy on you as he has me. Bring him himself and make you truly whole and holy and happy. Even through his words, spoken today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your mercy shown to this man who was helpless. And maybe he didn't even acknowledge his need of you and didn't recognize you initially. Father, thank you for your many mercies to us. And often we take them for granted. Thank you for health. Thank you for hearing. Thank you for sight. Thank you for family. Thank you for work. Thank you for being able to think rationally, to reason. Thank you for bringing us out here this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you Jesus is still working and praying. Thank you the Spirit is still working, bringing the gospel to bear, convicting men and women and young people of their sin, their need of the Savior and Jesus. So Lord, heal this morning. See it. Draw people to yourself. And lead us who are in Christ. Help us to do the good works you have planned for us as believers. In living out the gospel, in modeling the gospel, and sharing the gospel, and drawing near to others, and using us in our prayers. And to you be the glory and praise, and us the blessing. Amen.